Ah, pour me another bartender. Give me a drink, drink tender. Because you're going to need a margarita for this musical. Oh, snap. I told my mom that I was going to escape to Margaritaville, and she got really excited. She was like, oh, my gosh, that's so fun. I hoped you would go. And then paused for a second and was like, you're too uptight for Jimmy Buffett. I think you are. I definitely <laughs> I am. And we went to the matinee, so I didn't get a margarita because I didn't want to be that person like you. you too uptight. <laughs> I'm too uptight. I was like, I'm going to get a margarita. And they were good. It's the Broadway. That was one of my good things. The margaritas were good. Did you save the cup? The cup looked kind of fun. No, I didn't save the cup. It's all the same plastic cups that just have the name on them. That is exactly what it is. So we saw this musical and it was packed with parrot heads, I'd say. Not parakeets, which as we learned are young fans of Jimmy Buffett or Jimmy Buffett fans' children. Parrot heads. Uh, parent heads? No, no, no. Parrot heads, not parent. That's what I said. I said parent heads. And there was a parrot in the show, too. There was. A, oh, yeah, was... they did. They had a parrot on the edge of the volcano as they were hiking up that would say shamey things. It would just repeat whatever brick that character said. Well, and what Tammy said. True. Those two things, too. Uh, great. So, Larkin, give us a quick overview of this plot. What? What is this about? What? How do they turn a Jimmy Buffett songs into a musical? How does this work? So Escape to Margaritaville is about what you would expect it to be. So you have bride-to-be Tammy and her best friend Rachel. They head to an island to celebrate Tammy's last week as an unmarried woman, so her bachelorette party. Rachel is an uptight, can't-relax scientist who is pursued by Tully, the laid-back, womanizing hotel musician. She... Kind of ignores his advances because all she can think about is collecting dirt for her potato battery prototype. Um, So Rachel and Tammy and Tully and Tully's friend Brick go on a hike up the volcano to collect dirt samples. Those characters fall in love but don't tell each other in time. Rachel and Tammy go back to Cincinnati for a wedding. The volcano erupts and then Tully and Brick decide, as they're in the process of escaping the volcanic eruption... To go crash the wedding so that Tully can tell Rachel that he loves her. Yeah, lots of lots of plot movement happening. Exactly what you would expect. Right. You know, you're like, oh, this is obviously going to be about uh, falling in love on an island. So let's get into some good things, right? Okay. I'm glad they leaned hard into the island theme. I think that's fun. It's unfortunate that this is in another year with two other island musicals. So I'm af- this being the third island musicals we've saw, right? SpongeBob. And once on this island, I'm a little island out <laughs> in terms of musicals. You mean you're not buying like a Hawaiian print t-shirt or anything? You would have fit in really well. I I am Both not. everyone on the stage and off the stage was wearing Hawaiian print. It Yeah. Every, all the people taking their tickets were in Hawaiian print. So if you wanted to dress up and wear your parrot head, go ahead. Have fun. Uh, have a blast. So another one of the good things is, um, besides us, the entire audience was super, super, super into it. So they went from periods of shock and awkward silence to periods of just loving it, jamming out, which was which was a strange mix because it was a 
dirty musical a little bit. Very they, dirty. Yeah, I'd say that was one of my bad things in the sense that the main character, Tully Mars, was set up as this womanizing guy who would never get attached. And he eventually gets attached. But he also still, like, then he goes on tour and, like, you know, he becomes famous and stuff. And I'm like, well, how much do I actually believe he's going to end up with this scientist girl? Um, from a pure plot standpoint, I was like, you're not very likable. I, I mean, uh, as as a character, but it was very in style of that musical. Yes. Um. So good things. Um. I like that the show did not take itself too seriously. Um. It was full of puns. Um. Like to the point where like my eyes kind of hurt from rolling <laughs> from the puns. Um. But. They were true to what they were trying to do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They were, I mean, they're throwing puns. They're throwing a bunch of, uh, you know, sexual jokes out there. They were making the audience sing along to, uh, let's get drunk and screw. Uh, it was very, I, I heard one, the interview with one of the people who, um, wrote the book and they said they wanted to make it a lot like Jimmy Buffett concerts where it was kind of unpredictable. You didn't know what was going to happen and a little out there. Which Are I, Jimmy Buffett concerts unpredictable? Yeah, you have In no idea. In what way? <laughs> I don't know. I've never been to one. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's what he said. I'm just quoting an but interview like, I, I watched. how are they unpredictable? You don't know if the next song is going to be Cheeseburger in Paradise or that's going to be three songs from now. Anything could happen. Who Anything knows? could happen. Uh, <laughs> also, that clip had like a picture of him like in front of a picture of a boat. And he was like, anything could happen. Maybe Jimmy will throw up a picture of a boat. <laughs> and I was like, what happens at these concerts? <laughs> I think one of my favorite parts of the show was right beforehand. Mike is sitting there looking through the program. And he turns to me and he goes, yeah, is Jimmy Buffett dead? And the lady sitting next to him was like, oh, my God, no, he's not dead. He wrote this. He was involved in this. Right. They've been they've been doing it in California. This is not a new show. This is he's been working on it. And I was like, yep, yep. Oh, they totally took my bait on that. <laughs> I knew Jimmy Buffett wasn't dead, but I was just going to say that to see the like. And then the Mike boil goes, in people's eyes. do you think he's here? And she goes. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it would be so cool. And I was like, Oh, I hope he's here. I think he's going to show up just to be like, no, I've seen a lot of these. They never show up. You two is not at the, any of the Spider-Man musicals. <laughs> he's not going to be here. Um, except for Sarah Bareilles. She's, she's all over waitress, because which is great. She's in it. Right. Which is amazing. I would love to see Jimmy Buffett play. I think he'd play that old guy with the eye patch if he did it. Right. Yeah. That's um, totally his character. What's his name? JD. JD. Yeah. JD's character. The washed up bum who's looking for a shaker of salt. Yep. And he also spent some time in Vietnam. He has like flashbacks there. He spent a bunch of time in Europe. He was also married. He was married. He had kids. I think he was only in Europe so that it would fit that song. But yes. Well, he I, doesn't really seem like the European type. I can see him going over there. To like, Marseille. Yeah. In like the 50s or whenever. 
Uh, yeah, because he was really old. He was 76 because they use that na- number in a couple Jimmy Buffett songs, apparently. Yeah, so he went over there when he was three <laughs> in the 50s <laughs> through my math. We're going to do the math here. On Well, he did that. He knew how to fly a plane that was hidden from him. That was the other. That was one of my critiques, which is like. You you're can't on find an, the plane. Also, you're on an island. How do you hide a plane? Also, he's like, can you unhide my plane? And she's like fine and by she we mean the owner of the hotel right 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 where did she hide this plane it was like all right we'll get your plane it definitely wasn't in a barn because jd flew the plane into the broadside of the barn yes which is why she hid the plane by she we mean marley right the hotel owner bob marley's uh sister they had some funny jokes too where they're like uh oh this place isn't as nice as your reviews oh we hire a russian company to delete the bad reviews (laughs) and then it was like your cups are dirty our dishwasher's broken and then the guy walks out and he's like only my arm but yeah yeah, it's a guy with a broken arm because he's a dishwasher it's very punny very punny so punny if your dad likes those kind of jokes they will love it it's it's definitely for him so it was really funny from that respect, I would say, uh, in terms of good things. All right, bad things. What did you What did you dislike? Or like, yeah, any of the songs or, or things that you were like, eh? I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and say like, oh, I didn't love the the Jimmy Buffett music because that's like you were going to Margaritaville, so that's what you're going to get. I just felt kind of like they didn't do anything to make the musical accessible to people who did not like Jimmy Buffett. Like Right, it was, this was not like hey, let's try to appease everybody. Yeah, which is fine. Like there are lots of musicals that are made for me. I don't need every musical to be made for me. The only like reach across the like aisle to the Broadway fans was the tap trope. They yep. lit- and it was not a good tap trope. Why wasn't it? Why didn't you like the tap trope? Because they were hiking a volcano and one of the characters announces kind of out of nowhere that he has drug flashbacks. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the songs. I understand it, them wanting to do that get drunk and screw song, um, but it was like kind of a sing along. I early, hated the Early sing-along. in the show too. You never, ever, ever do audience participation in the first act. Ever, 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 because it never stops. This was one of my big critiques of Great Comet was they gave everybody those rattlers and then they... The first act, yeah. I don't know if it was... Yeah, it was. It was. And then they never took them away. Right. You can't do that because then everybody thinks it's okay to sing through the whole show. Yeah. And they did. Which is fine. They sung to Cheeseburger in Paradise. Some of the ones were pretty deep cut songs. I was like, what is this one? And I I looked it up later. I was like, oh, obscure song. Great. Good work. Which I think that's good. I think if you tried to do all of the big hits, it would have been almost impossible to do the plot, right? Yeah. I did not like that a volcano exploded. I feel like that's... Overused this season. Overused. Why not just be like, hey... I'm going to go to Cincinnati. Like I'm going to follow my heart. Like I'm in love, so I'm going to go find you. Right. Brick being like, I'm going to go break up this wedding. I feel like it's more powerful to have someone choose to leave paradise than is forced to leave paradise. Right. I, in terms of a story perspective. Being forced to leave, great, but it's not as powerful of a storytelling element in my opinion. 
I agree with that. I really do. I did appreciate that they tried to make it so the songs didn't seem forced. And they didn't, but that was only because a lot of really strange, quirky things happened in the plot to make the songs not seem forced. Yeah, I think the whole first act was a lot of build-up to a really good payoff for singing Margaritaville and having a bunch of callbacks to what happened. So they basically had a bunch of scenes that set up lines of the song. Right. Brick was sitting at the table eating sponge cake. Let's play the clip. Again in Margaritaville. Some people claim that there's a woman to blame. Right, which I thought was very clever. But I feel like it's difficult to write a Broadway musical that is balanced between first and second acts in terms of both action, like emotional songs, and structure. So. I think the biggest song in the second act was um, when... Cheeseburger in Paradise? Was Cheeseburger in Paradise, when a bride finally got to eat a cheeseburger. And so you go from this moment of like, uh, Welcome to Margaritaville, which could have been an opening number. I think that would have been fine. No, they did the fins to the left, fins to the right, because you're the only bait in town. Yeah, I, I think that's a very fun setup, but I don't think that's like prime opening number material. I don't know. Everybody knew the dance to that. I think we just don't know what's popular and what's not. Oh, I think that's a super popular song, but I'm just saying structurally, oh, is yeah. that a good opening number song? All I was trying to say with that was, I think there's some opening numbers that get you excited about the musical and get you excited about the the idea premise. That one was fun, but it was kind of like, okay, I know what's going to happen, but I just don't know how it's going to happen. I mean... Not to be that person, but it's a jukebox musical. It, yeah. It's going to have like a little bit of that in it. Totally. All right. Let's talk about Cheeseburger in Paradise. Cheeseburger in Paradise. I thought there was excellent, excellent use of... Uh, Excellent and gratuitous use of flying. Right. Unnecessarily. <laughs> like completely unnecessary. She's like standing on one side of the stage. Her fiance has now offered her vegetable pasta and wheat bulgur meatballs. And there are cheeseburgers <laughs> on the other side of the room. And like out of nowhere, she flies to the cheeseburgers. And then she eats one and sings the cheeseburger in paradise song with brick oh so at intermission the first act felt really long and i out of nowhere like so the the main girl rachel and her friend tammy leave and like you know tully is sitting there they've just sung welcome to margaritaville all sad like and then out of nowhere the volcano explodes and i kind of wasn't sure when the curtain came up if it was intermission or not or if the show was over I looked into the... I Everyone like, died. <laughs> like, I was just like, okay, cool. So is this over? Like, is this done now? And I actually looked in the program to, to figure it out. It was not clear to me. That's a weird end to the first act. It's just an explosion. Isn't that how SpongeBob ended the first act too? Wasn't it like a volcano erupting type thing? I mean, they announced that the volcano is erupting in SpongeBob 
pretty much immediately. I also think in Disaster the Musical that happened as well. Like this ship started sinking at intermission. Yeah. I think that's a classic thing of you go into intermission being like, <gasps> what's no, going to happen? Know. But like that's oh, supposed no. to be the emotional stakes though. Like he's just like she's just walked away from him and gotten on the shuttle. Uh, I got what you mean. I think that that makes sense. That's an interesting line to walk. Is that like a blackout thing where you say, oh, man, I'm going to miss her. <laughs> volcano. What? Curtain. Or is it going to be like, hey, there's a volcano. All right, we got to figure stuff out. And then you sing like a volcano song and it ends. That's kind of the, the decision, I think, right? Or is it just, I'm going to go find this girl or I'm going like, to miss this girl. And like maybe the um, volcano doesn't explode. Right. I, I, I it's, mean, it's hard. Is it is it hard? How would you do it? I would just not use the volcano exploding. You got to use the volcano because there's this it's like a gun in the first act. Right, right, right. Yeah, and it's people need to be like, what happened? Because there's some people in the audience where it's like, I don't understand what's happening, and then and then they'll also, be like, all you need to know is there's a volcano, and they gotta figure it out. That's gonna be the rest of the show. <laughs> It's It'll a love like, story with it. a volcano. He it's loves like Dante's her, peak but there's a volcano. With That's Jimmy it. Buffett music. <laughs> That's it. I yeah. really liked also the people sitting next to me were having a really hard time with the names. So like anytime they would mention Brick, the lady next to me would be like, who's Brick? Or who's JD? And it's like, and her husband would be like, it's the old guy or it's the dumb guy. And it was just like, oof. Yeah, well, that's... But it's that's, not a theater-going audience. It's a concert-going audience. They like to sing along. Right, but that's a classic of, like, not having... They said the names so much. How could you not know who they were? I did not know the old guy's name was JD. But that makes sense. But they, like, ran around searching for him when he ran off to dig up his treasure. That's also true. They went, JD, 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 where are you, JD? Yeah, they said it a lot. Also, that supports my theory of Jimmy Buffett playing a character in this because j for jimmy d for who cares but jimmy right jimmy j the a j character do you think that he's gonna try to come be in the show i don't know i don't i think he i think he's got his own deal or like he's been like in the islands doing crazy stuff for, he's got to be into this musical it's his music Hopefully, hopefully he is. He definitely is. Well, we we didn't do any research on that. So we we said good things. We said bad things. Uh, who do you think is our breakout star? Let's talk breakout star. Who's our breakout star? Hey, Mike, who's our breakout star? Oh, man. Here, give me the program. No, 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 <sighs> no, no. So here's the big reveal. We don't have a breakout star because for some reason, there are a lot of extremely talented people who have been in a million shows. There's like nobody new in this show, which is crazy to me. Is there really nobody new or are you just saying like... uh, Everybody's been in so many things. Like the guy who played Tully, he was Jimmy Ray in your favorite musical, Mike. Once. Bright Star. (gasps) He was in Bright Star. He was in Bright Star. Oh, gosh. He was also Billy Flynn in Chicago. He was Pasha in Dr. Zhivago. He was Guy in Once and Jesus in Jesus Christ Superstar. You mean Jesus. I do. That was such a bad joke. <laughs> that, like, I, literally every time they made the like Jesus Jesus joke, my eyes rolled so hard. 
It's pronouncing a name wrong. It's a classic. It's not it's that good of a joke. joke. It's not a good joke, but everybody loved it. But like, okay, so back to the cast. Rachel was recently in the Broadway revival of Les Mis. She was Fantine. She was also Miss Honey and Matilda. She was Alphaba in the first national tour of Wicked. She was also in Scandalous Ghost and Mamma Mia on Broadway. Um, Lisa Howard was in Sunday in the Park with George. It should have been you. She got Drama Desk and Drama League Award nominations. She's got like 10 other Broadway shows. There's nobody new in this. Uh, Rick was in School of Rock. He was Dewey. There's no one new. Not even. He was also the Shrek standby. He was in. um, The ensemble didn't do too much, which was kind of disappointing. No. And I felt like they like cleaned dishes and they were like, oh, you're going to be like at a concert here and then you're going to be like at a wedding and they'd be like at a concert. I found Don Sparks, Jade, the guy who played JD, who could also be Jimmy Buffett. Yeah. Someday. He learned steel guitar from his Samoan godfather when he was 10 and played in his band, the Polynesian Serenaders, before joining the other four who released a single with Decca. His TV credits include Mr. Robot, Frasier, Cheers, and Hill Street Blues. And recently he's performed his original folk songs with multi-instrumentalist Dan Bonus. Can we talk about the his gap? Broadway hold on, hold on. Can we talk about that gap in his Mr. Robot, which is like three-year-old TV show, and then Frasier and, and Cheers. Cheers. So that's like a 20-year gap in TV credits, <laughs> at least, right? Yep. Yeah. I, wow. But you're so you're going to call the oldest man in the show a breakout <laughs> star? <laughs> yep. Is that your is that your pitch? That's Great. We're going to say that. Uh what's his name again? <laughs> Don Sparks. Don Sparks. Don Sparks. <laughs> age 89. <laughs> no, he's 76. Don Sparks, age 76. Breakout star. Don, we're excited to see what you do in w- the future with with the rest of your 5-year career on Broadway. I'm not saying that. I mean, he's just going to... You think he's going to die in five years? I think he's going to retire. I don't know when he's going to (laughs) die. I haven't planned his murder yet. (laughs) Please, please do not... Please do not die. Please, please do not die in the time frame I predict. He had to do that whole show with an eye patch. (laughs) (laughs) Breakout star using an eye patch to do all that stuff. He had to go upstairs. Well, don't forget about the guy who played Jamal. He had... To have a, his arm in a sling the whole time. Yeah. I think that that's another very like classic baby boomer comedy thing of like, this, he is, broke his arm. this is funny because that guy broke his arm. <laughs> this is funny because she's fat. <laughs> this is funny because he has got an, an eye patch. patch. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, is funny because he's got erectile dysfunction. Ooh. They made that joke like 15 times. Yeah, the Little of, blue pill. The amount of elbows I saw going over, I was like, no. <laughs> Stop like, nudging no. someone near you. <laughs> yeah. Stop it. Um, <laughs> thank you, Don Sparks, for being, for sparking our inspiration. All right, Mike. So how many jazz hands did we give this? Uh, I think we settled on three jazz hands. No. 2.5 jazz hands. It's a jukebox musical with Jimmy Buffett. We, and I didn't get to have a margarita because I'm too uptight. Okay, compared to the ones that we reviewed, is this better or worse than SpongeBob? Worse. 
It's worse than SpongeBob. I liked SpongeBob. <laughs> SpongeBob was more my generation than Jimmy Buffett. Okay, that's that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. All right, so um, hey, Mike, do you want to read the Broadway revusical? Yes, I do. Escape to Margaritaville is a dirty glass of tequila that is perfect shark bait for those Buffett fans in town. If you enjoy getting drunk and viewing some fun island tunes and dance numbers, you will think this paradise musical is a cheese for a great time and a whole lot of pun. We give it 2.5 jazz hands. 2.5 jazz hands. All right, everybody. That was the Broadway revusical for Escape from, up. Uh, scratch that, Escape to Margarita Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Please rate us and subscribe on iTunes. Uh, we're also on Google Play right now, so you can find us there as well. And tell your friends and tweet at us at the Revisical Podcast on Twitter. or Because we definitely tweet. On Instagram. Yeah, I'm checking that Twitter every three weeks. So. <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, tune in next time and good night. We're going to Frozen. All right, Frozen's up next. Talk to you later. Goodbye. New York City, the shows are up. Which one's a